Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Dreamer K podcast. This week, the podcast travels to the Inland Empire, which always holds a special place in my heart. In my early days of hardcore, I spent a lot of time in the IE, shout out Marino Valley. I made some friends in a band, um, and they were pretty important to me growing up in hardcore. They took me to a lot of shows that I never thought I'd be able to get to. They took me on tour. They just taught me a lot about hardcore in my early days, things that I just didn't know about. So I was very thankful that they put me on, kept me from being jaded, um, taught me about some awesome music way early on when I just didn't know really what to listen to. I was just kind of searching things on MySpace, just kind of just jumping from band to band. Um, But without them, they just kind of gave me um, the history of Southern California hardcore. And like I said, introduced me to a lot of cool bands, bands that I probably would have never found on my own that early on in my stage. So for that, I'll forever be grateful this week. Shout out to Will from big takeover. I've been wanting to have him on for like a really long time. So I was really excited to finally have him on, talk to him about the band and surprisingly, uh, some stuff about uh, his early days in hardcore, which took me by surprise. But it was um, really fun to talk to him about that stuff. And I just wanted to shout out Marco for introducing me to a Will at program. That's what kind of set this whole thing off. And I'm just really happy that we were finally able to get it done because I think big takeover for what they're doing and being from the Inland Empire, I, I think is really important. And it's cool to see them uh, get signed to Triple B Records, which is an amazing signing because I think they're just an awesome band. And without further ado, enjoy the episode. going good man man i've wanted to talk to you um for a really long time uh i remember i saw big takeover at program it was like a couple months ago i I can't remember how long ago it was but i remember i saw you guys on the flyer and i remember i'd seen you guys like way before that show and it just kind of puzzled me um on where you guys have been and I didn't even know um, that Marco was in the band. It was just like such a like weird experience. But I was like, dude, this band's like super sick. So I um, asked Marco to introduce me to you. And uh, this is how we ended up here on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we, we kind of have a history of taking long breaks in between shows. Um, all of our members kind of work a lot and you know a few of us are in school um 
and Marco's the newest addition to the band, uh, for sure. We've kind of never had like a, a bassist, um, which is funny because we've been around for a couple of years now, but it's always been a friend filling in for, for like the first three or four shows. It was Madison from Fury filling in. He, uh, he's recorded all of our stuff that we've done and, uh, he's always been super helpful and supportive. So we, we've never had a full lineup until Marco. Um, and he's always just been a friend of ours and, you know, we asked him, he was down for it. So how did, um, the band, uh, come together? Was it, um, like your idea or was it just like you and the rest of the guys? Um, so came together through, uh, Josh and I, he's our guitarist and, um, I always played drums and we, we kind of started, uh, talking about doing a band maybe in summer of like 2014 or so. Um, and it started with me and him just like jamming in my parents' garage. And I think we wrote probably the first three or four songs that way. Um, and we had the outlines for them and we didn't know who we wanted to sing. Uh, we didn't know really anything else about the band. And then, um, a bunch of time had passed and my buddy, Michael, um, who played guitar in Sea Haven, he, uh, he wrote a song or two for us. And then one day I just kind of sat down with the shitty like iPhone recordings that we had and, uh, wrote some lyrics to them. And then I asked Josh, I was like, Hey, like, what do you think about me singing instead of playing drums? And he liked the idea of it. So we, we actually got our friend Manny to take over drum duty for us. And Manny's a hundred times better at drumming than me. So I think it all kind of worked out. And from the, the beginning, you guys just, uh, didn't have a bass player. You guys just kind of figured you'd try to fill that spot along the way. Yeah. So, I mean, we were never too set on our lineup other than me, Josh and Manny. Um, and when we recorded, uh, I think Michael played all the bass parts. He kind of had in mind what he wanted it to sound like. And then, um, when we got offered our first couple of shows, uh, Madison who books for suburban fight was actually the one asking us to play them. And he knew the situation, um, cause we had just recorded with him a few months earlier. He, uh, he was sweet enough to, to fill in, but yeah, it's always just been like a friend of a friend that kind of meets with us a few practices before. And, um, I guess you could say we got a little bit more serious in the past year or so. Uh, my buddy Alex joined the band. He wrote a ton of the new record. Um, he's playing guitar now and, uh, we filled it out with Marco on bass. So I think we're actually ready to play a lot more now. So you guys are from the IE, correct? Is that what you guys represent? Yeah, I guess so. Um, Josh, Manny, and I all live in the Inland Empire. Uh, Alex lives LA area. I think Marco's actually in Covina. Um, so we're kind of scattered about Southern California. 
Okay. I was curious, uh, how did you guys um, decide on recording with Madison in the beginning? So, um, Josh and I were always at like Aladdin Jr., uh, Chain Reaction, all those shows right around the summer, um, 2013, 14, when we wanted to record. And uh, all these bands that we admired had had put out records recently, like New Brigade, uh, Soul Search. So I started talking to those dudes, asked them, you know, hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking of recording a demo soon. Um, where did you guys do it? And they said, they actually went to the Young Bros studio, uh, Taylor Young, and but they were like, yeah, but our, our friend Madison actually has a pretty good setup at his house. Um, he could probably get that sound that you guys are talking about. They introduced us to Madison. We set it up for like a month out, went over to his house in Fullerton, and we did demo one there. And I think he nailed it. So ever since then, you know, he's been the go-to anytime we need to record new music. That's awesome. So you said that um, the reason you guys were kind of like, um, kind of like on a, like weird spread of like playing shows because everybody was like in bands or in school um, with your current situation. Um, you guys um, put that new song out with triple B has your guys's schedule changed. Are um, members still in school? Um, are you guys going to have like a more active um, upcoming year with the band? Yeah, hopefully. So our schedules are still pretty hectic. Um, I actually went back to school last year uh, for my master's degree. So I have two more semesters in that, um, which are pretty loaded. And then Josh is graduating in a couple of weeks. So his schedule should be looking more free. And Alex runs uh, like a vintage store in LA. Um, so he's just a maniac. He's constantly like traveling all around, but uh, I feel like he's more flexible than most of us. But we're trying to do um, maybe a week or two this fall, uh, hopefully get out to the East Coast for the first time. We're playing uh, one of the Sound of Fury after shows in July. Um, other than that, we don't, we don't really have too many plans. But, you know, after, after I graduate, schedule's going to open up a lot more. What are you going to school for? I'm going to school for clinical mental health to be a, like a therapist. So it's pretty, pretty intense workload. Um, but I get a few weeks off here and there so we can do at least West coast stuff in the meantime. And then Marco is constantly touring with Dare right now. Uh, I think they're about to go out with culture abuse for like a month. We'll be back right in time for the sound of Fury shows. <clears throat> yeah. I, like like how busy dare has gotten like like during like this like first half of the year it seems like they just haven't stopped yeah they're they're fucking killing it um everywhere i look they're they're playing across the country he's he's constantly yeah they're literally um they're on a run right now with uh low end and stepping stone Mm -hmm. yeah they're super active um I'm, I'm stoked for him. Yeah, because I, I remember when I, I first got into Dare, I was like, who's this like random band from 
Fullerton uh, that nobody really talks about. And I got into them and at, at the time they weren't active. And then it just slowly started to build. And now they're just on this like crazy run. It's like super awesome to see. Yeah. The momentum behind them since like their set of Sound and Fury last year has just been insane. They really haven't stopped. So um, speaking of Sound and Fury, um, when were you guys approached to play the, the after show on Saturday? Uh, we've been in talks for a little bit. Um, I know that when we were talking to Sam Triple B about the record and stuff, he was saying that uh, he wanted to find one of the shows around that time. Um, I think a lot of Triple B bands are represented on that fest. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually glad we're doing the podcast today because the announcement came out yesterday, so now I can kind of talk about it. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be with uh, never any game mind force and union front, um, which I'm super excited about. I really, I've been wanting to see never ending game since that demo dropped. Same here. Um, if I'm correct, I'm pretty sure this, this is gonna be their first time to the West coast. Yeah. Do you know where the after show is taking place? No, they haven't announced the venue yet. Um, I think it's all kind of up in the air right now. Uh, they're releasing some more tickets today for the main fest. And I think, I think it should all be solidified pretty soon. Yeah. Cause I'm curious about, um, what that basement's looking like because the Friday after show, um, that triple B is doing is supposed to be in the basement of the Belasco. And I didn't even know there was a basement cause I was there last year at the fest and, um, I didn't even realize that there was a space underneath the first floor to do anything like that. Yeah, it's going to be dope. <clears throat> Actually, I got down there last year. Um, it was kind of like tucked away back in the in the venue. It's kind of where just like the bands hung out when uh, when they weren't playing. And it, it's a super cool space. So it's cool that they're actually getting to use that for a show this year. Is there a stage or is it just all like on the floor? Um, to my memory, there's no stage. It's just like pretty decent sized room. Um, do you remember Aladdin Jr.? Did you ever go there? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like about that size space, I believe. Um, okay. okay. But it should be, it should be crazy. Yeah. I'm super excited to see wild side because that new record is just ridiculous. Yeah, that record slaps. Man, um, so like growing up um, in like my early days in hardcore, I feel like um, Inland Empire was like a big like influence for me because I made friends with uh, this band uh, that's from. I, I guess they used to say they're from Marino Valley. They're this like band called Every Man for Himself. I don't know if you remember them. Yeah, I think I saw them a few times. Did they play in like the like around like 2010, 11? Or was it earlier than that? No, I think it was earlier than that because so they were this um well like way back in the day they used to be this band called like Double Barrel and then they would turn into Every Man for Himself and then um they broke up and then they came back as like this Christian band called The Great Commission. 
Oh yeah, I remember the Great Commission. Okay, well yeah, literally it's like um it was like um that band um but before that it was like a more just like um just like uh, like real just like hardcore band. So mm-hmm. used to hang out with them um and I was like young, like probably like 16, 17, um driving out and just like kind of letting them like show me the ropes and just like taking me to like crazy shows and just kind of like showing me like what hardcore like was at, at the time. And yeah. Um, did, did you go to Oasis? Is that a venue that you saw them at? Uh, you're talking about the one in, like the church in Redlands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never saw them there. Um, funny thing is I only ever went to one show at that church and it was, um, I want to say it was, uh, sleeping giant and force, um, force of change. Force of change. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. That, that church was like my daycare. I was like, probably like 12 or 13 going there every weekend. And you know, that definitely was a huge part of my exposure to, to hardcore and metalcore wow um so were you like familiar with um like the bands that would be playing there or uh, like yeah yeah so before oasis there was um there was another venue in redlands called tithemy and it was the same dudes that ended up moving to oasis but tithemy got shut down wow Uh, but yeah my sister my sister's four years older than me and um she hung out with a bunch of dudes that were in like punk and hardcore bands in high school. Um, so I would always kind of like tag along. Um, and I ended up getting to see a ton of bands at like to and Oasis. Um, and I would see everything from like impending doom, suicide silence, uh, sleeping giant to like have hard guns up. Uh, they came through in 2005. Um, I got exposed to a ton of different shit and I didn't really differentiate between it. It was just like aggressive music to me. And I was like 12 years old. Um, and it was, it wasn't until I saw bands like have heart come through where I was like, Oh, I think this is the sound that I like and resonate with more. But for a while I was just going to like any show that was metal or hardcore um just watching bands so that's crazy that you bring up uh tithemy because like that place was so small and and i I remember seeing um so many shows there like obviously um i would see like death star like a million times in redlands um which i thought was cool because like back then i was like you know uh new to straight edge and just seeing some like crazy band with like you know four singers and just like you know talking about straight edge i, I thought was cool but um i remember i saw man i, I saw like uh, like pale horse and tithemy I, I saw the donnie brook play there once which i thought was crazy yeah, yeah um, donnie brook there um mental came through they played there in 2005 um yeah it was a weird place like every weekend you know you could see horse the band one weekend i don't know if you remember them yeah i remember horse (laughs) and then it would be mental the next weekend and you know as a 12 year old kid i was just like oh like they all sound the same like i just like to watch people mosh and like hang around the cool thing to do on your weekend yeah those days I definitely didn't realize that there was like so many different sections of hardcore. Right. 
Um, did, did you ever make it out to the showcase? No, no, I could never catch a ride out there. I remember seeing, seeing the lineups and some of the times they would come through, uh, Redmond's area, like the next day or the day before, but never got to make it out to that venue. Okay. Okay. But still like you, um, being able to go to Tiffany in like those early days, like, yeah, they definitely got some cool shows. Mm hmm. Yeah. I was super fortunate, um, to grow up in that scene and, you know, uh, my sister's boyfriend at the time, Travis, he, he kind of just took me under his wing and introduced me to a lot of that music that I still listen to today. So I would go through his like burn CD book and grab like chain of strength demos and Bane give blood. Um, just take it to school the next day and listen to it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy now that like burnt CDs is just like not like even a thing like now it's just like, Oh, here, let me send you this link for you to check out like this awesome band. And it's just like readily available. Yeah. It's kind of dope. I mean, you can circulate music way quicker that way, but I also feel like I don't pay attention to as much of it. Cause there's, I'm just overwhelmed sometimes. Yeah. Um, there was something really cool about, you know, flipping through a book and just grabbing a couple names that, stood out to you when sleeping giant put out their first record i'll i'll never forget um my uh buddy casey and i were hanging out and we got a phone call from our buddy uh david and he was um living in the next city over and he was like hey the sleeping giant um city leaked on this like um forum website that i'm like subscribed to so like i have the new record like you guys should come over and just grab a copy and we can listen to it and at the time we were like super into sleeping giant cause they were like super new and I, it was just like a crazy experience. Just like we just like dropped whatever we were doing and just like drove across town just so we could get this new record before it came out and wanted to listen to it so bad. Yeah. Yeah. They were a huge band in the Inland empire. Well, actually all over later on, but I remember seeing them and they would just get the craziest reactions. Yeah. It was, um, pretty like cool to see them just like blow up but then um i got kind of lost after i think like their second full length yeah yeah it wasn't the sound that i liked the most like as i grew up i started listening more to uh the early like rev catalog um gorilla biscuits either today that kind of stuff so um when i started developing you know, more refined tastes. I kind of strayed away from that stuff, but I definitely, uh, saw them a bunch and, you know, appreciated them being from the area. Yeah. It, it, it's weird. Like trying to go back and listening to certain bands. Cause like my taste is, uh, you know, been like molded and, and changed, um, after being around for so long, it's just like, kind of interesting to see like what will still hold up like to me yeah definitely yeah when you first start going to shows it's just like i'll fucking i'll listen to anything i'll take it all in you're like so excited especially when you're young um but i feel like as i grew up i you know started narrowing my tastes a lot more i'll go back and listen to stuff and i'm just like dude this is borderline unlistenable i don't know how i used to jam this all the time so what um, drew you to 
like the rev catalog like what was it about that sound that interested you i think it was just when i would see um those kinds of bands i just i liked what they had to say and i liked um the personality that they gave off uh, a little bit more i think growing up in the inland empire there was like a ton of um beat down stuff and there was this like tough guy aesthetic to a lot of the the stuff that was coming out of the Inland Empire. Um, and I felt like, you know, at 14, I'm just like, I'm not, that's not me. And I would see bands like Have Heart or The First Step and they just kind of look like regular dudes. Um, and it just made me feel like it was a more inclusive space, I think. Um, I would see bands like blacklisted and he'd be wearing like a cat power shirt. And I was just like, Oh, like you can actually be yourself in this scene. You don't need to front. Um, you can have other tastes and have feelings and stuff. For sure. So, I did definitely get that. That's awesome. Cause I, I feel like, um, it's awesome that people are able to be themselves. Cause um, it, it always makes me sad when um, I can kind of just like tell people aren't being genuine and they're just kind of like following the, the like the herd or like whatever is popular at the time. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's not to say that those other bands are, are bad or I didn't like what they were doing, but I just I kind of resonated more uh, with the other stuff. And I just I felt like it it was targeted more towards me. Um, I could express myself and like not be afraid that I was going to be called like names. <laughs> Did you ever listen to a band called time for change? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. They were cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought they were awesome. Um, but they're just a, a band that broke up. Um, man, you mentioned the, the, the first step and I feel like, I should have appreciated them more like when I saw them. Cause now it's just like, I, I like will put on their records and I'm just like, damn it. I'd kill to see this band live. Yeah. They, they were inspiring. The, the singer would just fucking lose his mind for every single set. Uh, I only saw them once actually at chain reaction and they played a pretty short set, but, uh, I listen to what we know like every single day on the school bus and like freshman year. Um, yeah, that band is, it's one of those bands that I feel like is kind of lost to time. I don't really hear too many people talking about them anymore. Um, but I feel like right around like 2006, seven, eight, like they were the band that everyone kind of talked about. I feel like um, they definitely still like hold up to this day. Like everything is just like super solid. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, they're dope. Them and uh, the other bands out of that time period. I feel like I saw them with like down to nothing who I think is still active um, down to nothing. They played a show with, I think trash talk was on that show as well. Um, but yeah, I remember starting in like 2007, um, I think I was a freshman, uh, I was friends with this girl in high school who was like a junior 
and she she was into hardcore and she had a car so like right around that time period um i started being able to go to like chain reaction shows a lot and that was back when like they were booking insane lineups like at least once a month and now they're just kind of not really putting on cool shows that often i i mean i don't know what's going on with them i haven't really looked at any of the uh the shows that they've had lined up lately but um i i haven't been there in at least a couple years um but for a minute they were like the spot yeah it's so strange because they would have so many like sick lineups like roll through there and Mm -hmm. i don't know um what changed over the years for it to um, lack that now. Um, Cause I, I feel like all the like good um, and like real hardcore shows are just uh, going to like the other venues like program or um, mm-hmm. the venues in the LA. Um, it, I feel like it's rare these days to see like a actual hardcore show at chain reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just the way things go. Just the ebb and flow of it. Uh, I don't know if they changed bookers but it seems like a suburban fight kind of picked up the torch and Madison's been killing it for like the last four or five years booking shows for a program in LA. And I know he did a couple with it. Aladdin junior. I always look forward to the um, suburban fight weekend. I feel like they always kill it with like the bands they bring out. And I think they always do like a really good job. Yeah, yeah, that, that lineup was dope this year. And it just kind of happened out of nowhere, um, popped up on my radar. And I was like, this is, this is a really fun weekend. Um, yeah, and, and it like happens, like I feel like, towards like the tail end of summer. So it's just like all the, like the um, you know, bigger fests have already happened. And they're still like able to put on like a really good, like solid um like lineup of bands it's, it's crazy but it's cool yeah i think he did a really good job of kind of filling in the blanks of like the bands that maybe weren't on the other fest uh, you know a lot of the times fests will come out and the lineups will be like 80 percent similar um but i think he does a really good job of you know making a lineup that uh caters to people who maybe already went to sound and fury and he's providing a platform for bands that didn't play that to be showcased. Yeah. I feel like they're still able to make it feel like unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does a great job. Would um, you like with big, big take, uh, excuse me, with big takeover, would you want to kind of do like the festival circuit in hardcore? Um, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to it. I think, uh, I think the idea of playing on like a big stage gives me a lot of social anxiety. Um, but I think I'd be down. Um, it'd be a great opportunity. We've just always been like playing like 200 cat venues. Um, so it'd be, it'd be a new experience for sure. But yeah, I'd be up for it. Do you deal with um, social anxiety like in real life or just when you're um, in your band playing shows? Um, I think 
to a certain extent in real life. It's not severe, but definitely uh, it was something that I needed to adjust to playing shows because I went into it with the mindset that I was going to be drumming. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a role where you're kind of tucked away in the back. There's not as many eyes on you. And, uh, I remember being super nervous for our first couple of shows. Um, just feeling that kind of stage fright. Uh, but you know, you get over it. Um, I think it's healthy to kind of confront that. And I, I would say now I'm pretty comfortable. Okay. That's awesome. Because, uh, I tell people all the time, whenever I do the podcast, I always get like super nervous beforehand and I feel like I like slightly panic cause I just think that the podcast is going to go really bad, but that hasn't happened yet, but I always just get nervous and I always like, um, have like these like crazy random thoughts about how things are going to turn out. And I just have to like kind of force myself to just you know, make it happen, just do it and, and just hope for the best. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I always kind of catastrophize and just worry about, you know, the worst possible scenario. But when all is said and done, our sets are like 15 minutes long. So you just got to kind of get through them, have fun. Um, yeah, I think, I think the worst part is the lead up to it. And then when you're actually in the moment, it feels pretty natural. It's always a trip, um, like sense of time. Cause there's like those sets where you can't believe that it's already over or sets that just seem like they're going on forever. Um, I always just like, um, trip out like about that. Cause I like love seeing bands and, um, it being a good time, but then it just sucks when like, they're like, all right, it's our last song. And you're just kind of like, got to take a step back and like, wait, what? Like the set's already over. Like you guys have played through all the songs that you had lined up, but this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always the bands that you want to see more of that have a super short set. I remember, uh, when intent came through on their summer tour with demolition, uh, I'd been, you know, listening to that demo nonstop for like a year and they finally came out. I feel like they played like <clears throat> 12 minutes and, uh, it was short and sweet, but you know, it leaves you wanting more. Same thing with demolition. How long, or do you know how long you, um, you guys plan to have your set to be for the after show Sound of Fury? No, I mean, we'll probably play, probably play like a couple new songs a couple covers and then some old stuff uh we usually play about 12 15 minutes but we can stretch it if we need to um we got some time to prepare okay i think i think it's better to do that than to be the band in the middle or you know one of the first few bands and be playing too many songs and people are just like super excited for the bands coming up after you so I don't want to take that that stage too long. I'd rather it be fast and energetic and short uh, than overstay the welcome. Okay. You mentioned new songs. You guys um, put out that single, Speaking Out, with uh, Triple B. Do you have any idea when the actual record is going to come out? Uh, we're hoping end of summer. Um it's all pretty much contingent on just like artwork right now. Um, 
everything's done. Uh, we sent over the tracks to Triple B. Uh, I'm working on the layout for the record. And, you know, we're just kind of waiting on album art. Then everything gets all sent to the pressing plant. So you're not going to use the art that um, was with speaking out? No, that was just kind of um, some art that our friend John uh, put together for us just for the single. Okay. And there's like no other singles that are going to come out until the actual record gets released. Uh, I was talking to Alex about that actually the other day. And I think it would be really cool to, to drop another song, like maybe a week or two before Sound of Fury. Um, especially if we're going to be playing it at that after show. Uh, but I think we got to kind of check in and see if they're cool with that. Um, what, what Sam's thoughts are on releasing another single, but I'd love to, I'm open to it. Yeah. I'd, I'd be into that because I, I really liked, uh, speaking out. so I'm just curious to hear how the rest of the record sounds. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I think, uh, I think it was a really fun writing process. I think Alex uh, killed it with a lot of the riffs that he wrote. We ended up just uh, kind of meeting up me and him like every couple weekends for a while last summer and just like working stuff out uh, at a practice space. Uh, that's usually how we do it actually is like I'll get together with him or I'll get together with Josh and I'll play drums to whatever riffs they're kind of toying around with. And then, We'll record that on our iPhones. I'll try to pen some lyrics to it. And then we usually all meet together like two months out before recording and kind of do full band stuff, flesh it all out. Can you say how many tracks are going to be on the new record? Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be five tracks. Um, The songs are longer than we've written in the past. I think it was really cool to kind of, to push ourselves. So I think the whole record's like 13 minutes. Um, and you know, I'm super proud of it. Uh, I think it sounds like us, but I think, you know, there's some progression there and we're already kind of toying around with the idea of what we want to do next. That's awesome. I like that you guys kind of already have this new record coming out done and you guys have a little um, progression and uh, I'm, it's kind of exciting to know that you guys are already planning for the like next record. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about releasing a record is that uh, we've been sitting on these songs for like seven months or so. Um, so like we've, we've all listened to them like a hundred times through various mixes. Um, so we're excited to get it out there. And in that meantime, we've, we've already started, you know, putting down some blueprints for some new songs, sending some riff ideas here and there. And did you record the, uh, this new record with Madison? Yeah. So actually he, uh, the first two things we did were, were actually at his house. And then, now he has a paradise studios out in Anaheim. Um, and he runs that with Colin and, uh, it's insane what he has going on there. He did the, the dare record and the distort record that came out. Um, and it's just a really dope space. I, I think we'll continue to, to do all of our stuff there with him. 
Yeah, I was talking to, um, I think it was uh, Initiate, did the record there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then one of my um, friends, he has like a newer band. Um, I, I, can't, I can't remember the, the, the new name because they, they used to call themselves um, Sex Prisoner or Sex Cauldron, something like that. It was like a, some like Simpsons reference. They recorded there and I've like heard nothing but good things about that place. Yeah. Yeah. The equipment's great. The space just feels really comfortable. Um, we recorded the drums uh, analog. So I think the drum track sounds super warm and uh, it was a super fun experience. I would definitely recommend it to any bands in California or any bands that want to travel to go to go through Madison and Colin. How long was the recording process for the record? We tracked all our instruments and vocals in three days, I believe. Um, and then the mixing process, we just kind of went back and forth through email with with him and Colin. Um, and that took another couple weeks, but it was a pretty easy, painless process. Okay, that's cool. So we're about almost like two months till sound and fury um Mm -hmm. do you know if you guys um will play any shows in between now and then no um i think i think we're open to to it or to jumping on shows um i just started a new semester so i think uh i think anything on the weekends uh we're, we're all free to do that uh but I think we're I think we're planning on laying low until those sound of fury shows. There's nothing on our radar at least right now. Okay. Yeah, and I feel like um, a lot of things that are already booked from now till sound of fury. It's probably like a full gig. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to to jumping on something, but. Actually, Alex, our guitarist, is going to be in Japan for for three weeks in June. So probably wouldn't happen, but yeah, because that that basically cancels out June, and then Sound Fury happens like mid July. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but hopefully we'll have some more stuff going on um, after those shows, tail end of summer. Hopefully. We can plan something for for fall winter on the East Coast, even if it's just like a a three or four day run. You said um fall slash winter. Yeah, yeah. Not sure what everyone else's schedule will line up to, but I know I'll have um, I'll have two weeks around Thanksgiving and then uh, like Christmas, New Year's break. So that might be a really good time to get out there and play some shows i know that the uh america's hardcore fest goes on usually in december as well yeah that's why i was asking because i wasn't sure if you said fall and winter um i, I think that'd be awesome to see you guys on that because what they normally um do the announcement in like october or something like that right yeah september october i think it's usually when sam posts about it um yeah it'd be really cool to to try and figure something out to coincide with that 
yeah I, I i always like the lineups that they have and like every time i ever watch like a live set from that fest it always looks like super like fun yeah I, i've been twice and it's it's a blast it's a it's kind of hell being out in boston in december um because you'll go into the venue and it'll be so hot it'll be like a sauna um, so you'll take all your, your layers off, jump around a bunch, and then you walk out into like freezing weather you see steam coming off of you. Um, I always get a flu every time I come back from that fest, but it's a, it's a great time. Yeah. I'm sure it's worth it just to get like a little sick to enjoy that like awesome fest out there. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a couple turnaround trips, uh, where I've, literally flown out Friday and then gone back Sunday night. Um, and you know, I always, it's always worth it, but it's definitely, it's definitely colder than it gets in California. That's for sure. Yeah. I always freak out when it's like, you know, like getting down to like the low sixties and I'm just like, Oh, it's so cold. And, And then I have like friends like dealing with like snow and black ice and like way worse like conditions and actual cold yeah yeah i'm definitely not as used to it and i was not super well equipped for it the first time i went um josh and i flew out for i think 2014 the year that uh shrapnel and breakdown played um and i straight up got on the plane with like a backpack and a hoodie and that is just not enough clothing for for like 35 degree weather so i was kind of dying that whole weekend but it was worth it did you like have to um buy more hoodies to like try to layer up or did you just like try to deal with like two layers (laughs) no i wish i went out there probably with like 40 bucks in my pocket um so i just kind of just muscled through it the whole weekend uh tried to stay indoors as much as possible that's crazy um damn that's so cold i i hate like just being cold and not having like any means to stay warm yeah yeah it's the wind that that fucks me up the most it just i remember it just cutting right through me Uh, yeah Yeah. i i hate traveling like the, the the actual like aspect of like getting on an airplane and having to sit there for odd amount of hours just to be transported to another location that's like my least favorite part yeah yeah for sure especially when there's layovers which i feel like we bought the cheapest tickets possible so we probably stopped like twice um probably takes like 14 hours to get to boston but what that's so that's insane that's a long time yeah it was ridiculous but you know we were we were young and we wanted to see all those bands and uh, it was definitely worth it to us. But I think we stopped in Colorado for like a four hour layover then got into Boston, like super late at night, woke up, went to the show the next day. Did you guys um, go out there um, just like, like alone or do you guys have any like connections in Boston? Uh, so yeah, we had a friend who was, who's gone to college out there. So we stayed with her. Um, she was like 30 minutes outside the city. So 
we we took a training each day, but that was super nice. But yeah, we just, we went alone, had a blast, got to see Fury. I think it was their first time. I remember uh, that, that, that set. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, Kingdom Come had just come out and they got like the craziest reaction of the weekend. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. One of my friends from uh, Texas was there and he was talking about how wild it was. And then like the video came out and I was just like, wow, this is awesome. And I'm pretty sure I've watched that live set like at least like five like different times. Yeah. No, I mean, they're legends. That band is that band is insane. All those dudes are super nice. Uh, the new record kills. Uh, yeah. yeah Wait, what? Oh, I was just saying they're they're dope. I'm I'm super stoked for all their success. I love that they're like from Orange County, because um, I claim Orange County now because I've lived there for like ten years, so I feel like it's okay. Um, and yeah. I'm like just like super proud uh, just to be able to say that like um, Fury uh, is like an Orange County band. I, I love like everything that they've put out. And yeah, it's, it's really cool to see them kind of like level up and assign to like a bigger label and, um, progress with their sound. And like, it's going to be cool to see them like do bigger things. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're not stopping anytime soon. I don't think they're just, they're killing it. Everything they touch is gold. Yeah. And I feel like, um, this is like one of those times where like you have to like appreciate seeing them like live every time you go, because these are like those moments where, um, people are going to be talking about like, Oh, like remember when Fury played here or there and it's just to be like, I do. And I appreciated it it then and now. So it's just like, I I don't want to waste, um, you know, like time, like not appreciating like that band while we can. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm excited for that tour they're doing with the store uh, later this year. Yeah, I'm going to the date at um, the observatory in Santa Ana. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, it's great. Yeah, did you go to the um, the Paramount record release that was there? No, actually, I didn't. Um, did they play the Constellation Room that time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I missed that one. Unfortunately, I think I was on the East Coast. What were you doing out there? Were you just like on like vacation or school? Uh, yeah, I have a bunch of family out there, so from time to time I'll go out to New York or New Jersey. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I try to catch anytime they're local, but I remember something came up around that show. I remember I was working at a comic book shop. Um, and I like rushed to close up the shop early because I, I was in Fullerton and I had to make it to like the other side of Orange County. And I missed like I'm pretty sure I missed more than like half the show. But I was just like happy that I was able to catch Fury. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I see them, I'm just blown away. That band has so much energy. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Like I feel like um, seeing them in programs always like a like a like cool experience because you, th- you like think about like how like awesome and like big they are, but they're still able to you know show up to a program and put on like a six set. It's wild. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always cool to see to see a band like that play in a really small cab venue. Did you ever um, uh, play any shows in Aladdin Jr.? Uh, yeah, we played, I think it was like Suburban Fight 10. Like it was super early on. Um, we played Aladdin Jr. with uh, Enough Said, Nuclear Age. Uh, I'm not sure if Fury was on that one. I know we played a few of our first shows with them. Um, but it was a really cool show. I really, I really missed that venue. Yeah. Do you know why they stopped booking shows there? I don't. I mean, I know for sure that the actual business changed hands a couple of times because it was Aladdin Juniors, then it was PBW. Um, I don't know if it has anything to do with the owners just not wanting that to happen there. But um, yeah, it doesn't seem like a, a really viable venue for shows anymore which is a bummer because i remember seeing like free spirit disengage uh breakdown new brigade uh milk music like all those bands play there and it was it was dope yeah i i remember um it was i i saw turnover and citizen play there like it was like a long time ago mm-hmm um, I remember I, I, I was on vacation. I went to Portland and I remember I flew into um, John Wayne uh, Airport in Orange County and I rushed to um, Aladdin Jr. because Mindset was playing that night. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, there's so many sick shows. Like I think like, the last show that I could remember that happened there, like I, I'm pretty sure uh, Dare played there with like a with Seasons Change and like a couple other bands. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was like a, but it was like, it was like a mix of bill, but it was like, yeah, it was sometime last year, but that was like the last time I ever heard of anybody actually playing there. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened to it. It seems like, um, seems like programs just kind of the spot now for for this area, and for a minute there was Rift Mountain, which was a really great space, but uh, they got shut down unfortunately. Yeah, it it's like a bummer that like that DIY space got closed, but like the shows that would happen in there, like I was just like kind of tripping out, like because I, I didn't know who like ran it, but I was like, wow, this place is like kind of crazy because it's like so small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had it had a really cool energy to it. That uh, that lower species distort show that we played last month was originally supposed to be there. Um, and I was super excited about it, but they got their uh, they got their notice of eviction or whatever right before. So thankfully, we got to move it to program. Yeah, program like is always super solid. I'm trying to think what other um, good venues there are that actually have shows. I don't know. I know that there was that sh- that venue in LA. Um, the distort played the night before the program one with step for change and I didn't go to it, but the, the videos from it looked super cool. Um, but LA, yeah, I don't really know of any, uh, there's like that spot in um, long beach that's starting to get more shows, uh, toxic toast. Yeah. Yeah. They've had a couple cool, cool bills lately. 
Yeah, I'm actually going there on Sunday to see um, Stepping Stone and Dare. Dope. Yeah, it should be a pretty cool gig. Um, bunch of nice guys, a cool lineup. I, I think like Momentum's on there, Absence of Mine, and Low End. Oh, that should be fun. Yeah, yeah. I haven't made it out to that venue yet, but uh, it's cool that they're they're providing another place for those shows. So in the Inland Empire, are there any other like newer bands that we should be like keeping an eye on? Damn, I hope <laughs> none that I can think of right now. But I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. Um, Josh and Manny are in another band, which is also why Big Takeover has been kind of uh, silent for a while. Uh, they're in a band called No Better. They're on No Sleep Records. Okay. Uh, they're not hardcore though. Uh, but I don't know. There, there hasn't been too much coming out of the IE lately um, that I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. Cause honestly, like besides like you guys, like the only other band that I think of that's like repping the Inland Empire is the, um, that band Iron Curtain. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, those dudes live around here too. I think, um, I think Ryan plays bass for them. Uh, they're pretty cool. Yeah, but, but other than that, I can't really think of anything. No, it's it's been pretty silent. I mean, for a long time, it was kind of a hot spot for like all those uh, face down bands. Um, a bunch of stuff was coming out of Redlands and then the Empire, but nothing on my radar as of late. I think I, Orange County kind of has capitalized on hardcore in California. It's amazing, like from like a historical standpoint, um, like just the amount of like awesome bands that Orange County has produced. It, it's wild. Yeah, and there was there was some silence for a while, but you know, as of late, with Fury and Discrepancy and Dare, this huge resurgence of bands coming out of that area to just kill it. Rest in peace, Discrepancy. Yeah, I was listening to a to your podcast episode with Nick the other day, and that was news to me that they officially have called it quits. That's a huge bummer. Yeah, like I I've been talking about it on the episode, um, that it was news to me when I first hit him up to come on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we were lucky enough to play with them two or three times, and you know that that last record that they put out was dope. Yeah, I I love like their sound. I I thought they like you know did it like you know perfect, and it was just one of those like in my eyes I I looked at them as like a hidden gem in Orange County because they weren't active. So mm-hmm. like whenever I would see them on a bill, like I'd be like okay, like I have to go because like they're playing and who knows like when they're gonna pop up again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it was a bummer like talking to Nick and him telling me that uh, they just like call it quits. But but I was happy I, I was able to talk to him about the band because I definitely loved what they um, put out and I, I thought he was like a really like you know cool guy. Yeah, uh, he's he's great, and uh, the bands that he's been in has always definitely influenced me. I think New Brigade, you know, Big Tape Over would not exist without New Brigade. Probably, um, I think seeing those dudes play made me want to start a band for sure. 
That's awesome. I, I love New Brigade when they were around. It was a bummer when they had to call it quits. Yeah. Yeah, they they were dope. I would see them and they would play three or four covers. Um, and they just always had so much energy during their sets. And, you know, I was it, it left a big impression on me. Definitely got Josh and I excited about writing music. When you guys started writing music, had you or how did you learn how to play the drums? Um, I'd been playing since I was like twelve. Um, just never, never really in a band. Um, I was in a couple other bands. Um, we didn't really do too much, um, and then. You know, Josh, Josh had been playing guitar for a couple of years in various bands and we were just like, Hey, let's get together, throw some shit together, see what comes out of it. Um, we have all these influences. We were super into like late eighties, New York style. Um, so we just kind of messed around that's how demo one came about. That's awesome. I, um, like the bands that you were in before, were they like hardcore bands or were they just like a, like other, like other types of music? Um, so there were just friends on my block or like, you know, within the IE that I would just jam with. Um, and then there was another band, uh, that I did with my friend Matt, uh, called higher learning that I drummed in for, for a year or two. Um, and that was like punk hardcore kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, I think they're still going actually. I'm not sure oh, wow. how active they are, but, um, yeah, I, I was drumming with them for a bit. Okay. Is there a reason uh, you guys, like on your band camp, you call the first demo, the big demo? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I just thought it sounded cool. Big takeover, big demo. Um, you know, it was just kind of a fun little thing, but, and then we were actually thinking of calling this record Big EP, but we, we settled on another name, I think. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I was looking at it. I was like, okay, there's a big demo, but it's not big demo too. It kind of would have been, um, awesome to keep that trend going. Yeah. That would have been funny. Um, yeah, we should have done that, but yeah, demo two spent a lot of time, um, just in production hell. So I think when we finally put that out, we weren't thinking too much about names, just kind of slapped demo two on it. Okay. okay. Um, who did the artwork for demo two? Uh, so Chris Wilson did the, the artwork for that. Um, he, he sings for Ikulu and he was in countdown. Um, he's dope. Okay. Yeah, definitely into that. I was like looking at it and I was like, okay, I definitely like that style. Yeah. Yeah. He's an amazing artist. He did a bunch of stuff back in the day for, um, like Monsters Delight and Tent. He's, he's still doing art and killing it. Yeah. Speaking of Ikulu, like I'm stoked to see them in California. Oh yeah. I think other than like Have Heart, that's like the band I'm looking forward to the most. Um, Hulu and never ending game you know are two bands that i haven't seen yet but i've been listening to pretty much non-stop since they dropped their their first records 
Yeah, I'm definitely um, stoked on the actual like full lineup for Sound and Fury this year. I feel like they never do a bad job. I'm always happy with what they put out. So the fact that we have the full lineup now and seeing like all the awesome bands that haven't been here before, I'm like thinking it's going to be like a pretty cool weekend. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, I'm going to get to see a ton of bands that I've never seen before. A bunch of bands that I really enjoy watching. Uh, It's kind of my favorite weekend of the year. Yeah. I honestly, I was like really curious to know what the full lineup for um, 2013 was. Mm-hmm. That's the year that they ended up canceling it, huh? Yeah, because um, I don't know why they canceled it, but yeah, there's like that year where they um, announced. Uh, I don't remember who the big bands were because I know. Um, like the Acacia Strain was like supposed to be on it, and the Ghost Inside. Yeah, was was Hatebreed on it? I, they weren't officially on it, but maybe they were supposed to be. I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, I remember. I remember they put out like one announcement, and then they ended up just deciding not to go along with it. But the uh, the first couple years of that fest were just god tier. Um, I didn't get to go to 2006, but I, I was lucky enough to go to seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12. Um, and you know, some of the best memories of like growing up from those weekends, just going out with like three or four friends, spending the weekend in Santa Barbara. Yeah. When it was in Santa Barbara, I felt like it was more of a vacation because mm-hmm. dri- driving to LA, I-, I can do it in under an hour, but dr- not like driving to Santa Barbara took like way longer. So it actually felt like we were traveling to like this like crazy like fest that was happening. It, it was definitely like good times back then. Yeah, yeah, I remember driving out to Ventura, Santa Barbara, and just like it just felt like I was in this entirely different world where. You know, the entire weekend was just about seeing bands and going to the beach. It was dope. It's really cool to have it out there for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, how old are you, by the way? I'm 26. Okay. So you, you're like a little bit younger than me because I was curious because I was really surprised that you knew about like Tithomy and Oasis. And now you mentioned that you've been um, to like the earlier Sound and Furies. Um, I was just like really curious about your age, but that's awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. I was super lucky to, to be growing up around it. And I was mad young when I was going to Tiffany and Oasis. I think I was 14 at Santa Fe 2007. And I remember convincing my parents to drive me and three friends out to, uh, to Ventura for the weekend and making it seem like it was like going to be a vacation for them. (laughs) Um, and they're, they've always been super supportive of like music and just, you know, those kind of hobbies. So, um, I remember seeing that lineup on like MySpace or something and just being like, yo, like, can you take Jeff and Aaron and I to Ventura, like in June or July, they did it and they drove us out there. Um, they probably spent the whole weekend just like at the beach or something, but 
yeah, it's pretty funny. My parents took me to the first Sound and Fury. <laughs> that's awesome. That's cool that you have like awesome parents that are willing to do that. I remember in high school, um, my buddy's dad, uh, his name was Patrick. He drove us out to a terror show and he just hung out at like a, the, the local Starbucks while we just went to the hardware show. I, I thought it was like super awesome of his dad to do that for us. That's dope. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have had the exposure to, to any of those things without, you know, the support from them because me and my friends, we didn't have licenses cars so it was super cool they, they put it all together yeah d- definitely appreciate everyone that was um older than me back then and um was down to let me ride with them to shows because it wasn't for like my older friends um like chad and eli i wouldn't have been able to attend any shows like outside of where i lived so it's like i would like always like appreciate what they did for me back then yeah for sure all right well um tell everybody where they can find um big takeover online uh so we let me see i think our band camp is big takeover hc uh and then our new single is streaming on the the triple b band camp we should have all of our stuff up on spotify and apple music uh in the next couple of weeks. I don't know when this podcast is coming out. Um, it'll be up this Monday. Okay. Tight. Yeah. So probably like a week from, from this podcast release, uh, it should all be a lot more accessible. And then the new record is going to be dropping hopefully August, uh, 2019. Okay. I'm sorry. One last thing. So, I was looking for you guys on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you guys aren't on those platforms. Nah, we don't, we don't really have a social media presence. Um, I feel like, uh, we all do, we all do our part to just post about upcoming shows on our personal pages and, uh, the suburban fight Instagram, you know, they get more exposure than our band page probably would. So we just kind of leave it up to other, other outlets. Okay. All right. I, I was just curious cause I saw, um, triple B tweeting about the bands, um, that they're affiliated with being at sound and fury. And I noticed that you, you guys were one of the bands that didn't have a Twitter and I was just kind of curious, um, why? Yeah, it's not, there's no hard stance against it. I think, um, none of the band has, uh, taken up that responsibility, but you know, maybe we'll end up making one, uh, this summer cool maybe in the future you guys will join the weird conversations that happen on twitter yeah <laughs> all right well um will um thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast um i, I really appreciate it um definitely had a good time talking to you it's been a long time coming thank you to marco for um introducing me to you um so definitely appreciate it love uh, um everything that you guys have put out so far i think you guys are an awesome band and i think everybody should be listening to you guys yeah thank you man um thanks for the interest and thanks for inviting me on uh it was dope to be able to you know talk about band stuff and hardcore history for a minute 
for sure. It, it's always been fun. Um, and it was awesome. So thank you again. Like I mean it when I say I appreciate it. So, um, it definitely means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, man. Uh, you too. Um, I'm excited to, uh, to see you at some upcoming shows and thanks for the opportunity to come on the podcast. For sure. Um, you're welcome back at any time. And I'm sure if, if I don't see you before San Fury, I'll, I'll see you there because it's, it's going to be a, like a long, fun weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. All right. Well, there it is. Thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. This has been another episode of the JMRK podcast. Always on top. <laughs>